0: My name is Mark McGowan, and you are listening to Inspire Radio. Okay, it's now twelve seventeen, and um, we've got our next guest on the show here at, on the Rec Link Sports and Rec Show, um, linked very well to that last song, uh, "Eagle Rock" by Daddy Cool.
1: We're joined by Ellie Lankin. How you going, Ellie? Yeah,
2: good. How is everybody?
1: <laughs> good. Not too bad. Um, Ellie's a three-time Premiership player um, and was recognised in 2020 as a WA Day Hero for her incredible work in developing women's footy in WA. Um, she's currently in, game development, uh, in a game development position for the Eagles AFLW team. Um, she's had 11 years' experience working in WA footy Being in her development and female talent talent management roles at the Footy Commission. Ellie's passion in football has been strong both on and off the field, and her work has carved strong pathways for female footy in WA from Auskick all the way through to seniors including uh, female development squads and state competitions. She was awarded Female Coach of the Year for WA in 2014. Please welcome Ellie Lampkin. How are you going? <laughs>
2: you were like in the
1: applause later, yep. weren't
2: you? <laughs> yeah. <Okay.
1: laughs> Hi, Ellie. Thanks for coming down and joining us today. It was It's great to catch up.
2: No, it's been good. Um, we used to do some work together, so it's good to see you again. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is.
1: Um, so... You got the the Gong for WA Day Hero Award. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, what an honour and from my perspective, well-deserved. Um, what was the award specifically for?
2: Uh, I think it was more um, the West Australian was highlighting local people in the community trying to do work in different types of areas that normally wouldn't be recognised in things like the newspaper or on the TV, um, just to highlight things that others are doing day-to-day mm-hmm. to improve the community um, as a whole. Uh, I think it was a bit of a shock that I got the call from <laughs> the West to do the interview and um, never done one before and the photo shoot was about half an hour, <laughs> which, which is a new <laughs> experience. Uh, but it was humbling and it was nice to um, be nominated my, my former boss and really close friend put my name forward, um, to really try and highlight females within football specifically and the work that people are doing for female footy, um, which is not just myself, but I have been a part of it for a few years. And I think that's why he kind of put my name forward Uh from, um, the football commission point of view. So it was nice to, to be recognized for the work that I have done, Yep. um, but also, there's so many other people out there that deserve recognition as well. So hopefully, everybody who has someone that they know that are doing really good work in the community, they can um, that piece from the West. They can thank them. Yeah, so they can nominate others. Them. Yeah, yeah. Exactly.
1: So is that through the West Australian newspaper? Is it?
2: Yeah. So the West for um, WA Day, they did a whole series on local community. Heroes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, culminating in WA Day, and mm-hmm. um, uh, there was like I think there was a baker in a baker. A baker was in. Um, I can't remember the others. There, there was a diverse range of different people. It wasn't just sport. So, yep. it was nice to to be represented. Um, and hopefully I did justice to the sporting industry <laughs> yep. of um, how impactful that sport can be within the community and the culture. That is Australia, and how connected we are to sport, and how it helps connect the community.
1: Absolutely, definitely, definitely, yeah. Um. So, did you get awarded a prize or (laughs) a medal, or what? Actually, uh, I think we were in lock. Were we not in lockdown yet?
2: It was just as we were coming out of the first phase of lockdown. Oh, okay. Um. I think we were allowed to like. Assemble in groups. <laughs> <laughs> by then, um, it feels like a long time ago. But I think the the biggest accolade um, that came from that was Mum printing it out, putting it on the fridge. Oh, you always gonna article, love that. Um, <laughs> and then sending copies to my pop and my nan. So oh, lovely. Uh, now there was no uh, prize. It was just uh, the series of the it's articles. Just a nod. Just, yeah, just a yeah. Um, a nod, um, which was. It was nice I think book. it's amazing
1: and certainly we Ratio and I talk to a lot of um, uh, people in the community that are doing great work yeah. um, and I think, you know, if listeners are thinking about people that do a lot of work in their community that need a recognition, it's probably something to look into in 2021.
2: Yeah, definitely. Even if it's just a, a coffee or a, a thank you for what you're doing, sometimes that's the biggest um, Form of gratitude that you can express to someone is actually saying, "I see the work you're putting in, and yep. we really appreciate it, and it w- wouldn't be the same without your efforts."
0: Yeah. It Doesn't always have to be something that's in limelight. Like no. the 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 quiet little acknowledgement mm. probably has more. You um, it's it's more it's real, isn't it? 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 It's more
2: impactful because yeah. it's personalised, and you you do the work to try and um, help build that community feel and that belonging, yeah, and that inclusion. So. For someone mm. to turn around directly and say thank you, mm-hmm. it's direct um, recognition for what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, and and it's a link like
0: between the, the people that you're actually mm. helping. Um, like I said, I mean th- th- that that must have been awesome. Like it, it, yeah, yeah, you know, you're you're allowed to sort of be proud of it. Yeah, um, but at the same time, someone saying thank you and, and just mm. you know getting you a coffee or something like that, yeah. has
1: has a lot of pull as well, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it's huge. Hugely impactful. Yeah.
1: So you, you explained that um, you received the recognition for your work in um, in footy, in WA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know personally that you've done a lot of work in footy in WA. Certainly given me, give me a hand at times. Um, but you, you've done a lot of work for carving female pathways, haven't you?
2: Yeah. Um, so one of my philosophies is uh, opportunity and everyone having an equal chance at engaging uh, with any opportunity that they wish to. And just a really big obvious gap that was in WA footy was there was no female comps. Yeah. So me coming late to the sport, I always wanted to play footy. I never got the chance until I was 19 years old and went straight into a senior comp. And I enjoyed it and fell in love with the game at a whole different level. I've always been a fan Always kick the ball. My brother always got to play when he was growing up. and I've always asked to play. Were you
1: in the canteen?
2: No, I was sitting on the <laughs> sidelines trying, <laughs> pestering mum and dad to kick the ball with me. As <laughs> my brother played and um, mum's sitting there with a on a deck chair with a coffee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <the> pouring rain <laughs> saying I don't want to get wet. But um, I've always been told no. But then when I got the opportunity, I, I I wanted to share what my love of the game was through that experience and being a fan and being... Um, A player is two different experiences and I just wanted as many people as possible to have the opportunity to engage in that way. Absolutely. And it's everybody's choice how they want to engage in football. They can be a fan, an umpire, Mm -hmm. um, just a member of a a club, Mm -hmm. um, administrator, but to, to play and for everybody to get the opportunity to play, I think that was just a huge void that I saw was an easy fix. You just have a comp for... Yeah, For young girls and, and women. So it was hard at first because mm. there was a lot of pushback and I got um, almost earmarked as, like, why are you doing that? Mm. There's no point. Like,
1: Were well, you getting a lot of resistance from the male stereotypical traditional kind of the rhetoric?
2: Uh, yeah, it was kind of uh, I had a few mentors that were really strong in helping push um, what I saw was important and they felt it was important as well. So they encouraged me and supported me um, in that work. And there were times where it was, well, why are you doing that? You're going to get late. You're going to get pigeonholed, Mm. just female footy, which I was doing my regular job that all the other people were in Mm. traditional football. And I was just adding that as an extra because I thought it was such a, a huge opportunity to engage in half the population so every
0: every sport wants to increase participation so if you um disengage half well you're going to make it harder for yourself or you engage them and hey hey presto yeah numbers go through the roof participation (laughs) numbers are up
2: participation numbers are up volunteering's up family numbers are up it's a magic recipe and it's it blows people's mind and now now it's um come to a point which it's really exciting. Facilities for, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, facility, so mm. getting better. But now it's a point Then why don't you have a female team oh. then before it was why would you? Yeah. yeah. So girls are just knocking down the door wanting to play and having the opportunity and feeling comfortable and um, safe in, in an environment that they can just learn with each other and grow. And sport's not about winning. It's about that engagement and that community the feel process. and a, belong, a sense of belonging and... You get to explore that physical side of your personality Mm. with like running and being athletic and not being judged um, for that, Mm -hmm. which is a a huge thing and I think a powerful thing for young women to to learn that it is good to be powerful and strong and be able to run and be able to, to take on anything that you want and just sports an element
1: and element and go for big bodies on the field doesn't matter, <laughs> doesn't go <for> matter. It. <laughs> Every,
2: everyone's got a center of gravity you just got to find <laughs> <it>. <laughs>
1: um that's that's brilliant and so talk us through what sort of processes you need to go through to to carve the pathways for um particularly youth girls
2: um so it was just a expression of interest um i i know the first youth girls program that um, I started with a few of close friends, um, was just a, if you want to put a team in, go ahead, like we're actually going to run this competition. Mm. We started small in six weeks, um, which now is a part of the talent pathway, is the Rogers Cup, yep. yeah. Metro Comp. Um, each, every waffle club has a representative team involved. To When I started um, the Peel District Girls Comp, it was the same thing. It just started small. Just kind of a six week carnival, it's the same venue. I was just aiming for four teams. If we can get four, I'd be stoked. Ended up with eight. I didn't know what to do because <laughs> I was offering uniforms, like to pay for <laughs> clubs' uniforms. So my budget got blown up <laughs> a <little> bit <laughs> more umpires, more games, pay for lots. Yeah. But it was worth it in the end. And now it's to sit back it's gone and gangbusters. Oh, it's just huge. And people are knocking down the doors to, yeah. to be part of it. And even the amateur competition, the PFL. And the PFNL down in um, the Mandra region, mm. it, they're just exploding with, like, coming in droves that want to play. They've never had the opportunity and now they do and it's a safe environment and no one's judging them it's normal now. So yeah. And
1: old girls like me can run around yeah. footy with a fo- <laughs> the footy field with a footy.
2: Actually, I, ever since I retired playing footy, every year I've been asked to play Masters. <laughs> and, and I don't know if it's a good thing that they think that I can play at Masters, um, but or if also it's a sign like of <laughs> time for old, the Purple Rinse. How old do people think? <laughs> <laughs> ready for Masters. and I Is there a female Masters competition? There is. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. there is. Yeah. Um, and it, uh, again, that's uh, a big comp that's keep growing and growing. Yeah. And the, there's WA teams, I think, that have represented WA for the last three years. Yep. Gone out and competed in the, ma- the National Masters mm. um, Championships. Uh, I've got good friends that I used to play footy with mm-hmm. who do uh, ask me to come play. But the age, um, the minimum age, they started lower than the men's. Yep. And they're trying to push that up every year mm-hmm. um, now that they do have a comp going. Uh, and I always seem to be one year younger than the, minim- <laughs> the minimum yeah. age.
1: Or at least what you're telling them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a huge growth area, though, in yeah. sports, yeah. like yeah. The,
0: the Masters, uh, in, in an ageing population, mm-hmm. providing continued participation opportunities in all sports is is a massive growth area, and um some sports do it better than others. So off Aussie rules, do it well, cricket does it quite well. Soccer's got walking soccer now, yeah, which is a fantastic well, idea. There's a walking soccer yeah. at
1: the the Autumn Centre in yeah. Rockingham, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, people um, that are interested in walking soccer, yeah. I they know in
0: England that. they've uh, they've introduced walking cricket as a, as an idea, so that might be something. Yeah. Um, that to sounds come like about. my kind of
1: thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I guess, you know, the more sports that can get on board providing um, mm. you know, masters, we'll call it masters opportunities for sport to keep mm. continue participating mm. be fantastic. Yeah, definitely. And it's Absol- yeah. engaging
2: that um part of the population, yeah. isn't it? Well again, we all want
0: more participants. Yeah. There's a there's a glaring huge, <laughs> <market. laughs> huge market. And, and
1: look, I, I think um you know, these sorts of opportunities to get involved in community sport is probably going to be more important than ever mm-hmm. post COVID. Um, certainly, um, I, I feel for our friends in in Melbourne who are still in lockdown. Mm. Um, so, you know, what it's better the, way the once, <laughs> on what better way after after isolation to yeah. get back out in the community mm. than to go and kick a ball or or you know, swing a cricket bat or whatever, mm. Mm. whether you're skilled or not. Just get out there and have a crack. Yeah. Um, I wanted... Sorry.
2: So the research for physical exercise and mental health, positive effects is just like there's no denying that yep. getting active is so beneficial for your mental health. So mm-hmm. yep. doing just going for in a walking club, like mm. to do something as a group together, is that belonging, is that getting moving and
1: um, really... Getting those endorphins and yeah, the and the, and the good <laughs> yeah. and the good body chemicals going on. That's I wanted it. to go back to um the the development of youth girls pathways in in Peel in particular because yeah. certainly um you know around about the time I first met you I was involved in a junior footy club and one of my daughters was playing with boys mm-hmm. um, and she could only play until she was fourteen and the next step for her if she wanted to continue was waffle. Mm-hmm. at that point in time. yeah. Um, and if you weren't any good, that was the end of the line. Mm-hmm. Um, now the women have the exact s- – and, and and when I talk about this, I'm talking only three or four years ago.
2: Yeah, it's re- pretty recent, but it feels like it's been around forever. <laughs> it does. Yeah.
1: So in that time, what what is really, really fantastic to see is that there's female pathways exactly the same as men's. Mm-hmm. And so women can really, and I remember my girls at that time were going, when when all of this was starting to get carved, mm. uh, carved sorry, they could suddenly see that that is actually a genuine pathway to follow, mm-hmm. um, and then of course AFLW starts off, yeah. and then they, and then you see some peel girls out there that mm-hmm. have been selected by AFLW <laughs> teams, and they're like, it's just there I can touch it, yeah, mm. um, and I think that's one of the good things about the female footy. Would you agree?
2: Yeah, definitely, and the AFLW has done huge things for participation and girls feeling like they can play a traditionally male-dominated sport. It's that old um, saying, "You can't be what you can't see." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for them to grow up, not, like I've got a friend who whose daughter was five when the AFLW started. It's normal for her now. Yeah. yeah. And another friend of mine, um, her daughter just had a birthday, and she's a AFLW club member, and um wanted to get a birthday card from the A for W players. And it's it's not just like one side of the demographic Mm -hmm. now. It's it's both and it's inclusive and it's representative more of our society. Yeah. Because why wouldn't you give them an opportunity to play? It's not hurting anyone it's stretching a bit of resources yeah. but <laughs> a bit of ground space. But
0: that's that's the group that group that you just mentioned that mm. that five-year-old six-year-old yeah. girl that sort of sees this as well i don't know any different
2: exactly
0: it's five or ten years down the track that we're going to really see. like whatever we think now is boom what we see five or ten years down the track is actually going to be yeah. even greater because like you said it's just going to be normal for them they're mm. not going to know any different and then it's yeah. just going to continue on and on so um, what we see maybe they're normal,
1: we'll see men in the canteen.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so obviously, um, you know, we've seen a, a growth from you know, a, very, a small number to mm. you know, quite significant numbers now. Yeah. That's only going to get bigger and bigger, and the real growth will be measured in 10 years' time. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like when yeah. that five year old goes through that pathway that's there for him now that mm-hmm. wasn't there. But when you were going through, you know. And <laughs> yeah, definitely.
2: And
1: the, the thing I look forward to that as well is, you know, the, the young girls that have started since OSCE, the skills that come through oh, with yeah. that.
2: We're already seeing it. Like I, before my role at the Eagles in the AFLW team was at the Footy Commission doing talent, I, ID and development. And every single year they come through with a, a better game sense because they've played for so much yeah. longer. You can tell the ones that are playing at AFLW level that have played for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, growing up and they've just played with footy and the ones that are new to the game and coming that are naturally skilled with uh, athletic ability versus the ones that have been playing footy since they were Auskick Mm -hmm. all the way through. They've just got that natural, I know where the ball's going to go, I know how to get through a contest, I know where to give, where to get and where to run. Mm. And the game every single year is just going to evolve and get better and better and better Mm. because (laughs) the volume... Of games played are just going to increase with every single year, which is exciting for my in my role now. Um, to know that every draft year that we go through, the level of talent coming through is just going to keep getting better yeah. and better, and it's going to challenge the ones that are already in the system to keep getting better and better. Which just makes for yeah. a more exciting competition. There'll be less of that
0: cross sport recruitment, I guess. There'll be more footballers that have come through the pure pathway, I guess, rather yep. than mm. it um, will become more competitive. A, yeah. And sort of saying, right, we're going to teach you how to play football now. Yeah. Now you're going to say, no, hang on, we've got skilled footballers coming through who are yeah. athletes mm-hmm. and have played, have been with the football since our five. Yeah. <laughs> well,
2: hopefully footy becomes more of a first choice sport instead yeah. of uh, afterthought and maybe after my career's finished, I'll give footy a crack. It'll be, I'm going to give footy a crack when I'm yeah. a teenager and see how far it's going to take yeah. me. Mm. That's where
0: those pathways, those mm. state pathways and playing WA State footy at mm. 15 and 17 and all that sort of stuff are, are vital because it Definitely. gives them that that carrot, that little carrot to yeah. say, hey, there's something here for you.
2: Definitely. Um,
0: working in cricket, I, we had the same thing. So we um, our, our numbers haven't exploded as much as um, football, but yeah. they have grown significantly. Mm. Um, and from when I started, the pathway was barely there yeah. to you know, developing where we had state under-12s, mm. state under-15s, under-18s and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. the girls that started... Ten, you know, eight, nine, ten. Mm. As they're coming through, they're they're, they're so far ahead mm. of the girls. That, and good on them for jumping in at fourteen or fifteen. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're learning a the game at a much later age, so yes. their skill set's going to be different, a lot lower. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I really, I, I really enjoy looking at your um, resume and <laughs> <laughs> LinkedIn profile. Not that I'm a stalker, but one of, one of the things that I enjoy oh, about it is <laughs> is. It's almost like you can measure when things started to happen in female footy in WA going by your resume. (laughs) Um, Because you were working at the Footy Commission Mm -hmm. and you were the development officer in Peel District and you were doing a wonderful job there. And you wore about a million hats in terms (laughs) of the projects you had to do. And, you know, you started to trailblaze uh, women's football. Um, and then throughout the process, you know, they developed the the um, development squads and things like that. So already some of these girls' skills are starting to f- fine tune. Mm. So tell us, um, you know, what that process has been like with, um, you know, taking some girls through that uh, development squad stuff to the states, and mm. you know, who has finished up at AFLW? When you go, wow, I've grown up with them, yeah, through their career.
2: Yeah, so. Um there's a few uh, players that I feel like I've coached <laughs> for a long <laughs> I feel old when I reflect back on um, all this. I keep telling myself I'm still young. Um, <laughs> but the development squads, the talent pathway for women, um, myself and uh, Clint Degabrott took on a whole restructure of what the talent pathway looked like yep. and how we identified, developed and... Um, engaged players from different age groups and different demographics and how do we better find the ones in the community who don't know what where the talent pathway is. Because when I first started um, in the talent space, it was, unless you were in the bubble, mm. y- it was hard to find the bubble, mm-hmm. where it is yeah. and how to engage with it. So we really had a big emphasis on... Widening our um, catch, well, our nets yeah. to try and catch as many
0: players as possible. Because said so, like big trial days and things like that. Yeah, when you come, you, come yeah well, and we
2: and relied heavily on the community clubs and the clubs knowing their players and their coaches knowing the players. So we asked pretty much every female team, what well, every district, to ask their female teams to nominate their best players mm-hmm. to these development squads, so we could bring them in. Give them a bit of upskilling, and then take the best ones out yeah. and send the others back. Hopefully, as better players. Yeah. yeah. Um. To that'll increase the skill level at community club, and then taking the best talent, identifying them, mm-hmm. and putting them into a development environment where they can start to explore their talent and where that might take them, um, and then add some f- a few things, some education. Um, some good habits if you want to take your footy further uh, and then try and put them on a pathway that Mm -hmm. can help them succeed, whatever whatever level that finds them. If it's a Waffle W playing 100 league games or if it's back at your community club playing 100 league games, um, even if uh, the door does open for somebody to step into the AFLW system, that they're prepared and they're ready that it's not such a shock when they get in so that when we went through the whole restructure, it was, it was a a long process and we did it a lot quicker than we we thought we would do it. And we had a five year plan. I think we did it in three. Mm. So um, it's just, it helps the talent pathway be more visible to Mm -hmm. communities and community clubs. And it looks very similar to what the men's, the boys program is. So it's uh, relatable and it's not something different. that's jarring and, has to be learnt, mm. it's like familiar, it's we know to ascend them, there's, there's Peel, yeah. and there's familiar clubs' mm. names to link to. So that to.
0: waffle system is so so great. Like, you know, yeah. people keep um, hammering saying, oh, waffle's not what it used to be and all that sort of stuff. Coming from another sport, mm. I look across at, at the waffle system and what it provides and the, the pathway opportunity and how you can link everything together and what it's done for mm. female football has been huge because without that, mm. it's it's a lot harder. Yeah,
2: mm. to relate it to... Our, um, to be identify yourself as being within a waffle catchment area, yeah, um, is a big uh, uh, what do they call it? A marketing, um, oh definitely, strategy,
1: definitely, yeah, yeah
2: like a <coughs> promotional.
0: Yeah, I used to see the benefits of it down in uh, the southwest. I used to work in, and live down in Bunbury, and yeah. the the three teams obviously Peel, depending on where you were, yeah. Swans, and um, East, East Perth. East Perth, yeah. Um, seeing the the, the loyalty and the like, you know as you go further mm. south obviously east perth yeah. kick in and yeah. uh, swans obviously Bunbury and then leschenault and peel um got peel and all that sort yeah. of stuff and seeing how they connect like you know kids wearing the colors and all that yeah. sort of stuff and oh I'm playing in that squad and I'm playing in that mm. squad it's it's a huge it's a big benefit dra- a massive draw card yeah.
2: and the the footy commission has done a really good job with linking yeah. the the state league competition to, to grassroots yeah. yeah, and they can identify and Um, that that's their team and that's their area and we're proud to be uh, in in Peel Thunder and we're proud to be at East Fremantle. You know where you belong and that's Mm. your team to represent. I
0: think it's massive.
1: Absolutely. Because people in general, they they need, they have a need to Mm. feel that they are connected to a community Mm. and with the waffle being structured in a a way, it is touchable, it is there. Uh, You know, people feel like they are part of it Mm -hmm. and it's not something that's a million miles away that... It, it's unachievable. Yeah. Um, so it's absolutely fantastic. Um, I also wanted to chat to you. You've played <laughs> at Waffle W level mm. and you've been on the dias three times, I believe.
2: Yeah. Um. been involved in three premierships as a player, so that was exciting. Yeah. Uh, How many
1: um, Waffle W games have you played?
2: Uh, I've played over 160 like senior league games. Um. So that was um feels like a long time ago now mm-hmm. but yeah I've played a f- bit of um football I've played for three different fantastic clubs um I was fortunate enough to start at Subiaco which are traditionally pretty strong team in males and females mm-hmm, yeah. um when I moved down to Mandurah I played for Peel Thunder for 2 years and then uh moving back to the city I played for East Fremantle for 3 mm
1: mm-hmm so you've you've experienced glory and have yeah. ex- what is that feeling like from one woman to another yeah what is that feeling <laughs> like to to have your arms around your teammates <laughs> with a Premiership medal around your neck
2: yeah it's um you go through something as a team that everyone who's played in um finals or not even one games has gone through you, you have a bond because um, you're all working together for something together and to stand at the end of the day and to say we were the best for the whole season and on this day um, and what we produced was enough to get that nod. It's pretty special and it's something that um, you can't ever not have together. So you've got achievement together as premiership players and you've always got that time that you spent together and had...
1: Um, that amazing experience so, absolutely yeah mm. um so you've also taken your experience and love of footy to coaching <laughs> yeah um and you like i mentioned earlier you're awarded uh, female coach of the year for wa in 2014 another well-deserved <laughs> honor i imagine so talk us through what that side of footy is about because there's yeah. there's volunteering, there's administration, there's playing. Yeah. I imagine coaching is just a whole different level of stress. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: different level of um, love and fun. Oh, great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so coaching for me is um, just taps into my belief system of giving people opportunities uh-huh. um, and helping uh, like anybody find their best version of themselves. And within the football contest, it's obviously on the football field. So, like I said, I came to footy late. Um, and ever since I played, I fell in love with the game in a whole different level that I want to share with other people. And if I wanted players to experience that, someone had to be there to lead it. Yep. So it started with um, me putting my hand up to... Lead an all girls Aussie kick centre um, and coach young <laughs> young girls, which is a different experience altogether. <laughs> <obviously laughs> that, that, that is age very group. much so. <laughs> um, but that's where my coaching started, and my passion for um, you know giving players opportunity to explore football in their own way and try to find that love and engagement um, through mentoring them. And um, it, I always find it like it's facilitating them and what they want to achieve and experience as part of um, their journey in footy. So from there I just kept craving learning more about football because as a first-year player (laughs) of a footy club, I didn't really know much about coaching or um, the game in general, but I knew a lot about how much fun I was having and how much love I had for the game, so I tried to impart that. And then from there just grew this passion for Learning and growing, and finding different ways to communicate and engage, and trying to make sure that everybody found a training session somewhere they wanted to be and they belonged yep. and they wanted to keep coming back for. Her. And I think the biggest um, satisfaction for me as a coach is not winning; it's not, um, you know, having someone get drafted. It's more that they stay engaged in the game, and they love the game, and they want to keep being a part of it. I think from the first team I coached by myself, I keep tabs on some of the players, but most of them are still playing footy. Yeah, that's and I brilliant. Th- it's um, more in the community footy. They didn't. Most of them didn't go on to be AFL players. One did, but um, it's it's more about their love of the game and they've they've connected to it in a way that um, hopefully I help find that connection with the game and they loved it so much that they're still playing it now it's
0: actually more important like that yeah. they, they stay in the community side of of, of the game i mean the the, p- the pathway mm. continues and, and for those that are lucky and fortunate enough to you know get some greater honors well that's fantastic mm. but the game can't continue to grow no. without our community base so the fact that you've kept them in community football i think that's nearly a bigger tick mm. than, yeah than the other stuff because they were probably going to go there anyway. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they do yeah. that stuff and the, the system that you've helped create mm. looks after them. But yeah. the fact that they want to stay in community football, that's you know—that's a big thumbs up. That's huge. Because without that, and I think that's a great message to send out, is like, it's look, if you make it into a career, great. Mm. But the, the percentages say that's probably a long shot. Yeah.
1: I think I, I always work on 1%. Like 1% of kids will make it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for the rest of us, have fun, yeah. Oh yeah, enjoy um, the game, and that's what it's about. And if you're not having fun, yeah. um, you probably won't stay. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. yeah, um, so I think we might hit, head to a song. What do you think, yep, Ratio? Um,
0: and I think we'll go to uh, Hunters and Collectors' Holy Grail because that's what premierships are all about. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Mark McGowan and you are listening to Inspire Radio. Hello everyone, we're back. It's 1.53 here on Inspire Radio on the RecLink Sports and Rec Show with Orazio and Simone. We've just had um, the Honourable Roger Cook um, in the studio to talk all things local politics.
1: Uh, he was talking about Kawanana, and he was sharing um, some of the exciting stuff that's that's come out of COVID. Because you know, you've always got to look for the for the mm-hmm. positives, um, and also provided us with a bit of an overview of some of the things that are in the plans coming up for uh, COVID recovery.
0: Okay, well, there's there's a there's a good saying that I've heard quite a bit uh, throughout the uh, the COVID. Um, or pandemic, Um, never waste a crisis. So uh, (laughs) although there might be some – well, a lot of bad things that come out of it, but there's also a lot of good things that can come out of it as well. So let's hope that we're not wasting it and uh, some good will come out of it at the end.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, Ellie, thanks for your patience. Uh, We're still with Ellie Lampkin talking all things things female footy in WA. Um, So earlier we were chatting about – I think we have spoken about your coaching and those sorts of things, but I also wanted to touch on um, uh, your time at when you were working for the Footy Commission. W- what were your roles and what did it involve? So
2: I was at the Footy Commission for about eight years and I had uh, hugely diverse um, <laughs> roles and responsibilities among that time that I had there. So I started my time there in emerging markets, which at the time was um, creating programs that don't exist and there was two people in that department and it was <laughs> me and Paul Mugumwa. Ah, Paul. Paul Mugumwa. So we, he was in charge of all the um, Indigenous and multicultural programs and I was in charge of all the female programs. So that was a nine-month stint in that role and from there I've done, I've worked in the schools department, I've worked in two different um, dis- Waffle districts as a development officer, uh, been a talent officer, talent coordinator um, throughout the whole time. So, I think yeah. the
1: only job you're missing is the CEO of the Footy Commission. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or perhaps a commissioner.
2: Well, I think that's free at the moment, too, the CEO role. Um, yeah. Gavin Taylor's going Bit off of a to East Coast,
0: Chalice probably at the moment. You probably want to steer clear of that one and just let that go. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> actually, I did see that they're putting a call out for commissioners. Is that of interest to you?
2: Uh, Not at the moment. (laughs) I think that I'm going to leave that to some other people to take up that mantle. I'm enjoying being at the West Coast Eagles and being part of a club that's building something special in the AFLW program. So that'll be my focus for the next few years. And hopefully we can develop something really strong, a culture and uh, a group of players that can represent the club really well.
1: Absolutely. So uh, that leads me into your current position where um, you head up uh, game development operations, I believe, at uh, the Eagles for the AFLW team. Talk us through what's involved there and um, what's it like during the season? It must be full on.
2: Yeah, it's a bit um, hectic. I started in December actually with the West Coast Eagles. Um, My title is game development operations coordinator. So um, basically, anything to do with um, putting a sporting team together and out in the park Uh, everything you don't see that's what I do Um, so flights accommodation visas um, travel Mm -hmm. making sure everybody gets on the bus um, all the bookings Everything that's not seen. Um, Uniform. Uniforms. Wearing the
0: right shirt at the right time with the right sponsors uh, yeah. all
2: that stuff. Right footies at the right yeah, time right and the right, footies, right sponsors. Yeah. And yeah, connecting players with uh, community programs so they can do appearances and, yeah, everything that you can think of and probably stuff that you have probably never think of. Um, that's pretty much my job to make sure that everything off-field runs really smoothly and complements what the coaches are doing within the football staff and what mm. the club are doing as a whole so it's um it's a widely diverse role and it's really exciting and challenging at times and in season you feel like you can't breathe sometimes (laughs) because there's just uh things uh that need to get done at a certain time and um I was uh, thrown into the deep end a little bit but I think um, doing some of the stuff with the state programs in the lead up really helped prepare me for some of the things that we encountered and I think all things considered for the inaugural season, I think there's things that we learnt and there's things that we did pretty well and we should probably pat ourselves on
1: the back for. Absolutely. Um, and it was the Eagles AFLW team's inaugural year this year, 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, it must have been so electric to f- mm. for some of those players who have been in the system to finally run out mm. in the Royal Blue and Gold.
2: Yeah. Yeah? I think we had 10 debutantes. The f- for our round one game against Collingwood. So oh, okay. we had uh, quite an inexperienced list compared to some other teams that have been around. And to run out for the first game, they did the jumpers so proud in that first quarter of footy that um, there's was probably a lot of hype leading up to it, out external and internal. Um, and unfortunately, we didn't get over the line with Collingwood, but it's just part of the the build and the journey um, towards What's going to happen in the future? Yep. Um, but certainly that the game that we did win against Western Bulldogs was really special, and the whole club was there to be part of it, and experience it, and it's definitely that's right. You
1: had um, Nick Nat and those guys watching, didn't you? Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And
2: the CEO and the, the board and everybody was there supporting us, so it was really um, really nice experience to go through. And the whole club has been completely behind the team the whole time, and the men's program has been very very supportive of coaches and the players and they give their time willingly and um like honestly mm-hmm. and they're very accessible when you ask for their time so oh
1: that's that's awesome that's yeah. brilliant yeah, yeah it's been yeah. Very, we've been very lucky so a great cohesion mm. between between the two
0: yeah. um there's a lot of that at the wacker when I was there too like mm-hmm. when, when we were running our female programs, our, our coaching programs—it'd be nothing for uh, Justin Langer when he was there. He'd, mm. He's a cricket nuffy anyway, so he'd just walk in and start just getting his hands dirty, hitting yeah. balls, catching whatever, and mm. adding his uh, wisdom to the, to the group. And obviously, when he mm. walked in the room, like everyone just sort of got whoa. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the coaches had, had come in on, mm. in the programs. Uh, the guys and the girls all get on so well because you're doing a lot of cross promotional stuff, and you're doing when you're doing your um, your community. Sort of stuff. You go out there as a male player and a female <coughs> player and things like that. Um, so you, they just get on and, yeah. and they're all representatives of the club.
2: Yeah. And when the boys were finishing, the girls were starting, so there's a bit of a crossover time between the two
1: sound. programs. So it was good to, to have yeah, play both it. them. It
0: just sounds a little bit different.
1: But anyway. Ah. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I think there's technical issues. I can't hear anything. No. Still going? Yeah, I, I uh, think so. Okay. Um, yeah. So, given it was the inaugural season, uh, I, I guess uh, the abrupt halt due to COVID really disappointing. But I, I guess that you know that gives everybody time to sort of reset and get prepared for whatever comes next year. I guess.
2: Yeah, we've had. Um, it was a really abrupt end into the season, and unfortunate that we didn't get uh, too more opportunities to represent the club and to to put our best foot forward, but in, you know, all tragedies, there's silver linings and with this we've been able to galvanise as a group and become stronger Um, and we're very lucky being in WA at the moment. We're actually still having a training program running at at the moment. We've got three weeks left um, of our high performance program with all our listed players, um, which will end – 1st of October, and then we turn to draft and um, start of next season. But a good time to review and reflect and to really hone in on the areas that we need to improve and mm-hmm. develop. And the girls have been really uh, good at owning what happened last year and um, they are really hungry to get better. So, And it's reflected in the way they're training at the moment. So it would be really exciting to see um, how that, correlates to the season because every team's out to get better, better and it's just um, how you've done that and compare yourself against the best, which is really exciting.
1: Yeah, awesome. Um, so uh, we've got a very exciting weekend for female football this coming weekend. Um, we've got the uh, the waffle w preliminary finals this sunday so we've got the league women uh well all of these uh, these teams are playing for a spot in the grand final the following week so we've got the league women uh the sharkies playing thunder and we've got uh the resies claremont against west perth and rogers uh peel against claremont how do you think that'll go
2: I think it'll be a really um, exciting game in league. I know that Peel have won a game over East Fremantle, and um, I think it was really close. And um, so I think the game's going to be a very high standard. Um, and if anyone is around in Mandurah or Rockingham and can get down, I think they'll be probably pretty impressed mm-hmm. by the level of talent that's running around for both those teams. Um, and Subiaco, wait. For one of them in the grand final the next week. So yeah,
0: absolutely. So, so seeing that you play for both those sides, if yes. you, you got one of those jumpers <laughs> that's cut in half, they've yeah. got like half appeal and half feast for manual. Or third with the Subi as well. Or in the back or something like that.
2: I I don't. I've never um, never uh thought about having something like that, but um, I think uh, my heart because I coached pretty much most of the group that's at East Fremantle last year and I played with them the year before, so I'm probably a lot closer with that group. So my heart's kind of a little bit more East Fremantle uh, at the moment, but um, I'm a Peel girl and live down here, so it's it's torn 50-50.
0: So you're happy to jump on either bandwagon yourself? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you'll be going for the winner? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll go for the yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. For, just for,
0: for, for our listeners, for a club to have, um, so Peel have got... Their, well, Rogers Cup, which is Colts yep. sort of thing, and they're seniors. For, for a club to have more than one team in a finals, especially having a younger team in mm-hmm. there, that must be a promising sign for a club.
2: Yeah, um, Peel have had a really strong youth girls team, or well, Rogers Cup team, ever since they started. And they normally represent in the finals and go deep into the finals, winning a lot of Rogers, Rogers Cup's grand finals. Mm-hmm. Um, and... The depth of talent in Peel is probably second to none Mm. at the moment Uh, and it's really exciting for Peel Thunder to now see those young ones come through into the league side Um, and it takes a while if you build a strong base that they come through to the top. Mm -hmm. So I think they're reaping the rewards of all the hard work that's been done in the region Um, and at the club to now have the league... Um, in the final,
1: like deep, going deep into the finals. And like, and like you said, Ellie, um, this Sunday is is an exciting day for anybody in the community to get down and watch some of these skills of, of these female players. Um, so the preliminary finals are hosted by Pill Thunder at David Gray's Arena this Sunday, 13th September. I encourage everyone to get down there and support... Um, your daughters, your sisters, your friends, your mums that are running – maybe even grandmas, I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, they're all running around with a footy on Sunday and um, get down there and support them because uh, whoever wins finishes up in the grand final the following week. So the details of Sunday is uh, bounce down at 10.30 for the Rogers Cup, uh, 12.25 for the Resies and 2.30 for the League – and it's free entry and it's a great community event. And as we spoke about earlier, you know, when the community feels that they're so connected to a waffle club, it's it's an, it's an amazing environment to be a part of. Um, and just to remember that each, each team will be playing for a spot in the grand final, which is the following week, Provident Financial Oval, the home of West Perth Football Club. Uh, so far we've got uh, South Fremantle, uh, sorry, Subiaco, Subiaco, uh, Football club locked in for the league, East Fremantle locked in for the Resies, and South Fremantle has their spot already in the Rogers. And the women this weekend will be playing for a spot in the grand final. Um, so I guess that nearly wraps up our chat. Um, is there anything else? I guess I wanted to. I just wanted. I wanted to highlight that your passion for for sport in general, particularly footy. Is very very evident. Um, what is it about you? What is it about sport that makes you so passionate?
2: Uh, it's it's everything about sport that it offers um, different disciplines that you you need to succeed in life um, that take a long time to build. So your values, um, honesty, and respect, and to work hard at something and stay dedicated. But also the the good things of connection and belonging and having a network um, to really have those. We're talking a little bit about mental health to have um, options and like health benefits of actually getting out and running around. Mm. There's so many benefits to sport and any sport, and it doesn't even you don't even have to be on the field to feel the the benefits that. Yeah a community club, organisation, group can offer in terms of uh, mental health and well-being, and the feeling of belonging, connection and um, that you you wanted and you valued and you respected. Yeah. A tribal somewhere. instinct is,
0: is an important yeah. thing that we've got as, yeah. as humans. Mm.
2: And it, it was lost a little bit in COVID and it was almost a restart button. You could check where you are and yeah. who was the really important connections that you had. Yeah. So I think sporting groups and like community groups have done really well to try and keep that connection going through really hard times and to give back even a little bit of your time to to appreciate what this space could offer yourself mm. and other people. Yep. Um and I, I, I truly believe that um everyone has the opportunity to do and be who they want to be and without prejudice or discrimination. Mm-hmm. We need to include everyone and represent the community as a whole, and sport is just a fantastic vehicle to do that because the rules are black and white, yeah. Definitely, and it, you, there's no there's no room for discrimination or hatred. Or mm-hmm. you just have fun together and love getting out and being part of something that is a bit special and a bit different from normal life. So. Yeah. Yep. And
0: in a great place like WA, why wouldn't oh, you want to be? The sun's Absolutely. out already <laughs> and, and winter's almost <laughs> gone.
1: Um, but you're quite right. Um, sport has the power of bringing people together and even more important than, um, you know, before. And it doesn't matter whether you're into playing sport or not, mm-hmm. even just being a supporter, um, a volunteer, you, you're part of that community. Yeah. And just, just before we wrap up...
2: And I just say, on uh, yeah. on supporters, uh, on behalf of the West Coast Eagles, I just want to thank our members and our supporters for helping the club get through such a tough time. We've just hit over 100,000 members, which That's is just incredible. And we're Unbelievable. We always love a win, uh, so we beat <laughs> Richmond for the top spot of um, members and we are number one for AFLW membership as well. So wow. well-known West Coast Eagles supporters and I encourage anyone who – thought about it to jump on the bandwagon because the boys have just guaranteed finals and the girls aren't too far away from developing a group that could get there as well so absolutely thanks to our members
1: uh, uh, all the uh, Eagles fans out there get on board if you haven't got a membership uh, get in touch with the club uh, it's never too late to get on board and just before we wrap up Ellie yeah I just wanted to ask you what would be one piece of advice you would give to young girls who are thinking about playing footy
2: If it's something that you really want to do, just do it. Just do it. Just find a local club. Bring a friend along.
1: Bring six friends.
2: Bring six. Bring your whole class (laughs) if you want to. (laughs) Just don't take no for an answer. If you want to do something, find someone that say yes to you. Don't, uh, Don't not do something because you find there's a barrier. There's somewhere out there that there's an opportunity for you to play and you'll be welcomed and you'll feel like you belong. So keep pushing, keep trying to find that place and... It'll be there for
0: you. Oh, the thank you for all your for work, it, Ellie, because um, the girls have got more opportunities than ever to, to get out there and have a kick of the footy.
1: Yeah, so absolutely. All thank no right, thanks. And thank you me. for joining us, Ellie, yeah. um, on this beautiful Friday. And it was good to catch up again. Yes, it's great to see you. Um, and uh, yeah, so we'll have a couple of songs. Yep. And pretty soon we'll be joined by Nicole Bolton.
0: For the
2: community, Inspire Radio.